Welcome back to the Paddock Picks podcast, episode 16. Uh, once again, joined by my co-host, Charlie Post. Uh, Charlie, was it a, a pleasurable trip over to Ireland last week? Yeah, very good trip, Dom. Um, you know, we had a really nice time, uh, relaxed a bit. We actually spent a fascinating morning at, at Bally Doyle yesterday, which was, which was incredible. And uh, we, we had spent a bit of time with the Aidan O'Brien, which was absolutely fascinating. And yeah, even though we actually ended up going to the sales, we ended up uh, buying a horse. So yeah, it was a productive trip as well. Uh, in spite of not attending the sales, we managed to buy something online on someone's recommendation. So yeah, all in all, a good few days away. Fantastic. Uh, myself and Charlie are delighted to be joined on the line today uh, by the recent Queen Mother Champion Chase winning jockey, Aidan Coleman. Aidan, thanks for your time. How's it going? Yeah, all good. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Um, yeah, great. Just uh, just finishing up our break and then kind of back to reality as of Saturday. Fantastic. Uh, Aidan, as he's normal on the show, um, just send over a few quick-fire questions, uh, both yours and Charlie's way. Uh, so we'll get started with the first. Uh, Charlie, I'll come to you first. Uh, who do you think will win the Premier League this season? Oh, uh, Who do I think will win the Premier League this season? I mean, uh, I think City, Man City are the ones that they've all got to beat. I mean, uh, Jack Grealish is a fantastic signing and he's only going to get a fabulous squad and the other one, I think, I think Liverpool will bounce back. I think having Van Dijk back is going to make a big difference, and they're going to be right up there as contenders too. But uh, again, a bit like the, the jump season proper, I can't wait for the Premier League to kick off on Friday. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, looking forward to uh, Brentford against Arsenal this Friday, as you say. Um, Aidan, you got a fancy for the uh, the Premier League title this year? Well, as a massive Tottenham fan, I can imagine I'm going to be disappointed and frustrated <laughs> as usual. Uh, we start off against Man City on Sunday, don't we? Um, I'm going to echo kind of chat what Charlie said. I'm not just copying him. Look, I think Man City will be short priced as, as they should be, and I think Liverpool were dogged with injuries all the last year, as you said, Van Dijk amongst others, and you know they're going to be they're probably the value to be honest. Liverpool. Yeah. Hey, hey, do you think we hung on to Harry Kane or not? What do you reckon? Uh, if I was him, I'd leave. But, <laughs> yeah. Like I don't see. Well, I, I I'd leave if I was him. He wants to win trophies. He's obviously not going to win many with us. Maybe a league cup or an outside chance of winning an FA Cup. You know, he's he as we all know, he's such a fantastic player, and you know, you know, he's a lot more of his career behind him than in front of him, and he deserves some medals and trophies, doesn't he? Yeah, he certainly, agree, yeah. yeah, he certainly does. Obviously, uh, was was unfortunate not to win with England, uh, and, and and you'd imagine obviously he might take that leap of faith, you know, to leave his boyhood club the same way that, that Jack Grealish has. And I think, as you both say, Man City would would probably be the uh, financially obviously the, the the most lucrative and, and attractive of options, wouldn't it? Um, Aiden, I was out for a curry last night. Um, with your curry, do you go for a rice, naan, or both? Oh, naan, a bit of naan to start, and then and then onto a peel of rice or something. Yeah, uh, Charlie, yourself, peel of rice, man. Mushroom, mushroom peel of rice, um, and then I'm not a huge naan fan to be honest, but I'd rather actually have additional poppadoms to use instead of naan with my curry. As in, I can't get enough of those poppadoms, Dom. I like them. Yeah. Can, can I can I stop you both here? I've got ten stone on Saturday, and I'm currently in the bath. <laughs> <so. laughs> And I got oh, back you, from you, holidays. Are you, are you doing 10 stone on our nation on Saturday? Are you? Yeah, yeah, good yeah. Man, I haven't done man. 10 stone in 18 months. And the first time I've done it, uh, I said in 18 months, I come back from holidays last night and stepped on the scales and jumped in the bath. 
<laughs> Dave, Dave Roberts must think it's got a good chance, though. He must be. No, I, I, it's a, it, you, you know me. I don't have a lot of interest now, Charlie, in summer racing. And look, <laughs> he looks a progressive horse, and it's a 20 grand race. So I just said we'd bite the bullet and, uh, 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 and, um, Live the dream. That's dedication for you, Dom. You see, yeah, that's the dedication you got to have. It certainly is back, uh, back to reality. I suppose we'll um, <laughs> on that note. We'll end on a on a racing uh, quickfire Q and A. Uh, Aidan, I'll come to you for this one. Would you rather ride without boots or without goggles? Uh, well, goggles, I suppose, because like you said, it's only it's a, it depends on the ground, really, doesn't it? Like if it's a heavy mm. ground there uh, somewhere, you'd probably need the goggles. Mm. So I don't really like making the running, so I definitely get covered in <laughs> kickback. Um, um, depends on the day. Depends on the day. Yeah. How about yourself, Charlie? Depends on the go- um, I'm going to go without goggles. I, I always just like pulling them down anyway. Um, and I think riding without boots would be painful now. As in, uh, yeah, I, I've but... ridden, I've ridden in very thin boots a lot, and yeah, I just don't know if I'd want to go out in just my tights. To be honest, Tom, it'd be it'd be pretty sore on your old feet, from it? So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna brave the no goggles, even if the kickback's flying, and sort of just peer through a slighted like squinted vision, so that I can try and keep out as much muck as possible. <laughs> I think that's a fair enough uh, fair enough comment. Um, that's it for the Q and A's. Um, obviously, we'll we'll move on to the uh, the recent uh, jockeys break. Obviously, for, for National Hunt pilots, um, Aidan, uh, how have you kind of spent your time away from the sport over the last uh, thirteen or so days? Um, uh, so I rode in Galway um, and that was obviously there was racing on over here then my I'd last ride in Galway on Friday and I was in that market race and Ollie was very kind and I, I said I'd like to stay here so I spent uh, an additional three days in Ireland kind of you know just enjoying it uh, healthy living uh, which was brilliant and then I came back from that then spent two days up uh um, in Penrith for Sean Quinlan's wedding which is another great couple of days and social and from there we went and spent uh, four days in Malta which I came back last night from oh, look so it. I've filled it, filled it up really well and I'm suffering the consequences now <laughs> Malta's, a, Malta's a fantastic place isn't it Was uh, what was the weather like? yeah it was 42 degrees Um so a bit colder than the bathroom in now. <laughs> <laughs> and, but um, just obviously, like you say, I think you you were someone, particularly when um, the HRI uh, announced that you know Irish jockeys um, would, would have the extended. I think it was a twenty four day um, uh, break. You know, I think it was in June, wasn't it? Uh, myself and Charlie have, have spoke about it before on the show. Uh, just just how important is it for athletes to have you know that prolonged break from from that kind of day in you know day out activity? I mean, you, you're talking you know yourself obviously in the bath now having to make weight and and just to be able to have a a bit of a break from that and not have to worry about the weight and, and the kind of the early mornings uh, you know how important is that that the less strenuous you know that less strenuous activity on your body well like i got look like well first of all when you answer this question and i think i've planned on answering it a lot over the, the coming months and that um i'm only coming from my point of view and it's my opinion you know mm. other jockeys will have different ones trainers and some trainers will differ opinions and but owners probably you know, won't mind as much, but then there's stable staff and a lot of other array of different people that will have an opinion and, and rightly so on this. But from a jockey, I think what I would love to see is six weeks to a month off and then condense 
the calendar either side of it. So don't lose any fixtures. But, you know, you have racing June, July, August and September, and it's sporadic. There's three days on, there's two days off, there'll be a day on, three days off. Get them together and give us a proper break. So nobody's losing, you know, rides or meetings or, you know, or, or stuff like that. But just just make it that we can go and do something and, 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 and maybe see a bit of the world or, you know, just 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 have some time away. Yeah. Yeah, because Charlie, I mean, we, we obviously speak about you know it's 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 a break uh, once the you know the jumps you know finale at Sandown concludes, it, it's all attention on the flat. But the reality is for for national hunt pilots, it, it, you know it, the, the work doesn't really stop, does it? Of course, you've got the the summer tracks like Stratford and, and Worcester. You have racing at, at the places like Sutton yeah. as well. And there, well, Sutton, let's do this. No one, not Sutton, but like Stratford's raisin. I know raisin, raisin ride are running the in the winter as well. But Stratford's and Worcester's and Newton Abbott's, they're brilliant tracks, and we we really we really love going there and all that. So you just hope they don't lose any fixtures. But if they could have a few on each side and have the six week break and all that, but like May racing is great. I just think come come you know mid June to July, I think I think that would be a good time to 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 have this. Um, break if we're going to have it but if uh, I'm having one next year regardless I couldn't do anything this year because of COVID couldn't go anywhere but next year I'm taking a month could be three three to five weeks depending on what I think I'm going to go do a bit of traveling or something that's what I'm doing I'm old enough now to do that and <laughs> but like not everyone is in that position and you know that's 15 years of it's my 15th year of doing summer jumping and all that so so next year I'm having my own break whether whether it's um you know whether it's a fixture list or not, I'm 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 going. You know because I, I it's such a long winter and and it's you know such a strenuous schedule. I think it's very important to to not be running on empty come February. I think as well, lady, it's it's having balance in your life. You know, as in a I like I talk to a lot of the young riders with the bits of coaching that I do now, and it, the importance of respect, like, is in racing. People within racing make it feel that the only way you can be successful is to like be completely immersed in it, obsessed in it, you know, worrying about it, stressing about it to get better. And 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 actually, I think it's it's so good for young riders to have a bit of balance in their life and have something that is not involving horses or horsey people that that can take them away from what they do and give balance. And 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 I think like what you're saying about having a prolonged break just would give riders, staff, etc., a chance to have actual time away from being immersed in horses, and 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 yeah, I, th- I think from a, a a mental sort of like wellness point of view and career longevity, it it it's it, it's it's certainly something that one's looking at, and and I mean certainly anyone that rode before we did in the generation four when they used to have a proper break can't believe that it's not there anymore. The interesting one was when I think we had Tom Skew on, Dom, and he was actually mm. set against the idea, which I, I found surprising, if, if I'm honest, as in, as in for me, it would it would make sense, and I agree with you completely about having a, a month of no racing and having a more congested summer fixture list around it. Because again, Dom, that the, the, for the fact of the matter is, for, for most far the very top few, August, September, and most of June, uh, and most of July are a waste of time for any rider because you're probably yeah. looking at having three or four rides a week. And I can assure you now, when you when you're not getting paid to ride out, you're factoring in your travel, 
and having to keep your weight and everything else like that, it's it's it, it's almost not worth doing. I can assure you. Do you know what I mean? As in, it 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 almost isn't worth doing. And most riders, plenty of them. I remember talking to Christian Williams about it years ago. Well, the the money they save from doing okay during the winter, they will end up living off through the summer yeah. when it's such sparse amounts of rides going around. Yeah. yeah, like so, and as well, Charlie. Like, you, like if you if you are like say that finance, you could go. You, like say if you had a six week or a month break and you're worried about, um, you're not then worried about losing the few contacts you have in the summer. You yeah. can bring your family or yourself to America and ride track work or Australia and make a few quid and and have a holiday to say a working holiday. Yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah. probably come back financially better than most months of the year over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, I just I I think it's very important, but like I put it this way, I think it's so important. I'm just doing it myself anyway from now on. Hmm. And the, obviously, you talk because it's fifty, you know, years into your career, right? And uh, you know, perhaps obviously because you're not the obviously the, one of these young and upcoming jockeys now, you probably have more responsibility for for you know which path your career now goes down. Is that fair enough? Whereas obviously yeah, these younger yeah. claimers probably don't have that. But when, when... When sorry, when Charlie started, what he was saying earlier about balance and all that, I didn't have that balance for ten years at least, twelve years. I was like, oh no, you have to be here every year. Was a numbers game for me until a couple of years ago. Numbers, rides, everything was just centered on statistics, basically. Mm. And there was no, there was no, there was no like, you know, I'm not. There was no balance at all. It was just racing is first. Everything else will fit around it, and if it doesn't fit around it, we don't do it. And uh, and while that is important to have that mentality, I suppose, with any sportsman, it's still not healthy, mm. which is, you know, simple as that, really. Yeah. No, of course. Well, Completely. And, and I think you can also, you can have that mentality and still have balance as the important thing yeah. uh, and, and, and actually feel a, a heck of a lot better having that, you know. like Even if it's something stupid, dumb, like going and playing football at a weekend or something mm. that just doesn't involve riding a horse if I'm being yeah. completely honest you know as in it it just and it also makes you appreciate what you're doing even more you know as in Definitely. It, but but like I say it is a, a probably a sporting mentality across the board that to be successful you have to be obsessed to the point of that you neglect everything else in your life and I, mm-hmm. I think we're entering an era where people are realizing that is not the case and you can be obsessed with something but still enjoy doing other things in your life yeah, yeah, I, I, I think all that, like as you said, like Terry, that's you're spot on there. I think you get out of bed in the morning, work hard, and be courteous and polite. The rest will look after itself. Completely. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, I yeah. think it's as simple as that, really. You know, I don't think there's any golden formula. You need to do this. You need to do that. If you just Richard Johnson, perfect example. If you, just, if you just follow his lead, you will do well at something. Mm. Yeah. Basically. Without doubt. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and obviously you look at you look at other sporting examples as well. You know, you, most you know boxers may only fight once a year. Um, you know, you hear obviously examples of professional football players and, and their managers arguing their side that you know two games, three games, perhaps a week is it's obviously too much. And and Aidan, we you know we had Kieran Schumark on the show last week, and I was just looking through you know his his form and his his kind of rise from the recent days. He's at Goodwood, you know, one day, Foslas the next, then he's up to Doncaster, and of course the travel is. A, is another massive part of the sport as well, isn't it, for a jockey? Well, yeah, our job isn't riding horses really, like because we do ride. We ride horses. We ride horses for free. That's how we got into it, you know. And, and we say this all the time. Like we got into riding horses 
for the love of the animal and then to be successful at it is just the dream come true our job is the is the traveling and the probably the schedule of it really it's not you know the, the riding of the horses and the race riding and all that that's that's a breeze compared to the to the logistics and the fundamentals behind the scenes basically yeah yeah well i guess it probably brings us on to the the, the perfect next talking point Ada, which was uh, obviously you, you spoke last year of, of your intended effort you know to pick quality over quantity that was something that that you were very very keen to, to, to kind of echo um you know you won three grade ones last season including that queen mother champion chase win um aboard put the kettle on and, and obviously finishing second in in the grand national as well so i suppose the obvious question why do you now see that as, as the best route for this stage of your career? Uh, well it, it was for, it was forced upon me to be honest Tom. i came back from the the three months of the first lockdown and i gave it a right kick you know for the month before racing started mm. and i spoke to dave roberts and you know as it was you know that the championship really can only realistically be won by a couple of different riders but last year i thought last year's one was different i thought it was going to be open for a few more just mm. with how it was going to be so I was standing, giving it a right kick and it was going really well like five winners which wouldn't be too bad it was you know you know in the first two weeks of the season and then I got injured and missed three months so straight away that dream was over uh, uh, and I just thought well the season the numbers are gone you know numbers are gone you know I always end, always planned to ride 100 winners a year that was my target mm. that was never going to happen even probably with the COVID uh, with, um, so I just said well go down this path and um Dave Roberts and a few people that lent about it and said this is what I'm going to do for the rest of the year because like I'm not going to have 100 winners I'm not going to have 600 rides so let's try and focus on just pure quality mm-hmm. just as a trial just as a trial and I suppose I was coming off the back of having three months of three months of injury three months of lockdown so in six seven months I only rode for like three weeks basically um, and I suppose so, so the racing wasn't on the forefront of my mind. It still wasn't back in the in the groove as such before I got injured. So I was kind of happy to kind of trial having not not having a life outside racing, but just not be engrossed in the whole schedule and you know everything about it and and see how it went. And look, I'd like to think it went very well. Some really some really good winners. Um, and most of all I think I rode better all the last year than I've ever ridden I rode less but I rode better and um, I really enjoyed it I really enjoyed my riding all the last year every time I was getting in the car I was happy there was no running on empty and just kind of not being able to face the drive somewhere because I frankly just kind of just dropped down a couple of gears and and I and, and for me it really worked uh, it was a risk and it's not necessarily a risk that will pay off because it can, it can, it can always backfire. And if you're riding less, you're in the papers less, and all that kind of stuff. And it, it might not work. But last year was a trial, and that's the that's the plan I have for the for the next um, few years. And uh, if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, then you know I'm not going to complain about what I've done. Yeah, and you feel, I suppose, the the obvious kind of mentality you have is you allude to, obviously, you know, getting in the car and you're happy to be, you know, making the journeys that you are. It's more you're riding these horses because you want to as opposed to because maybe you feel like you have to. Oh, no, it's not really that, to be fair, because I've always wanted to ride horses, love riding horses, and, you know, but I suppose it just kind of, 
you just kind of focus, you put more of the emphasis on finding the nice horses or, you know, looking at what's going on at the weekends or the festivals and all that and kind of try and work your week around them. Or, you know, if you had three good rides and amazing, uh, and this happened a few times, um, or one nice horse to ride at another meeting, I, I was probably going to ride the horse that had the most potential to win me a bigger race. You know what I mean? Whereas before, it would have all been between numbers and stats. You're thinking, no, no, I'm, I'm on such and such winners. To get to 100, I need to, to get three of these home. And like for the couple of years before, um, I was going to Hereford and Utoxeters, and uh, which is great. I love those tracks. But I was going there on Saturdays when Newbury's and Ascot are on because I was going there to have five or six good rides, and mm. you know, you, you you know have a couple of winners. Whereas now, I'd prefer to go to your Ascot's and Newbury's, you know, maybe slightly less of a chance and a longer shot of a, definitely a longer shot of a winner at those places, mm. but be at the principal meeting, basically. Yeah. Um, obviously, I think it was it was at Southall, uh, you obviously talked about that injury you had. Uh, was, was it an arm injury or was it your shoulder? Uh, it was both, really. It was an arm injury that ended up being a shoulder injury. Um, um, so, yeah, it was quite complex. I think I broke it in... Oh, I don't know. Uh, I smashed the head of my humerus where it joins the yeah. shoulder. Yeah. Um. So that's why it ended up being a shoulder injury because there was ligaments and all that that attached to that part of the bone. So the movements and all that was quite restricted. And but that's why we're lucky to have Oxley House and that. If I if I didn't have Oxley House, if it happened, so I rode and Charlie rode obviously before your Oxley Houses and that. If it happened in that era, it would have been probably a ten month injury. Yeah. Uh, and Oxley House did it in, in, in an easy three. Come on, <laughs> that was fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, again, it, it, the, the riders now are so lucky to have these facilities. It's, they're, I mean, they are state of the art places. And, yeah, and, and, and I still go there. I'm still sorry, Terry. I still go there every week. I was there this morning. I go there tomorrow morning, and I go to there. use the gym, or is, is that just to use the gym, or what? what yeah, are you doing gym, there? and it's, but I suppose it's handy if you need a bit of physio, you get it there yeah. as well, obviously. But like usually, the gym gets to keep working on the strength and core and all that, and I think. I was not a gym person before this injury and I'm completely converted and I couldn't I couldn't beat the drum enough about younger lads getting their strength up. Um have you had a trade off with your weight there though, Aid? Is it, has it affected yeah, your weight? Yeah, 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 yeah. I have, I have, I have. Uh, uh this time excluded because this is just holiday weight. Yeah, yeah. So la- so now every day I sit about ten seven. Yeah. About ten and, seven instead of pre, being pre pre doing ten, the gym work. Ten stone to ten two. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, but do you, well, do you feel I'm better when you're riding though. for it? Yeah, I was going to say, do you feel when you're riding that it's actually helped your riding? Or it's... yeah, well, yeah, a lot. Yeah, really, really has. I, I think so. Anyway, definitely. I, I suppose, yeah, definitely. I think the core strength and all that is. And what about the ability to take falls? Have you noticed a difference to that? I mean, not that it's something you really want to experiment with, but I just wonder by having that bit more muscular frame whether you've you've noticed a difference when you've when you've yeah you've uh, de- de- definitely um definitely i remember like the first month i was back last year you know we have those runs charlie you'd be well aware yeah. of i had like four falls in a week and the ground had dried out although it was like november at the time it was really good to firm and places and i took every one of them not a problem no no issue at all um that could be a chance now as well don't get me wrong of course, you, yeah. you know yourself but like uh coincidence i took every fall i had last year um, no problem. The only trouble I had last year is, um, you know, just a, a you know, back trouble from traveling. Yeah. But even the gym has really helped that as well. Yeah, just for your, yeah, like you say, with your core, 
yeah, and core and strength and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But they, they'll do anything down there. You know, like I, yeah. I don't focus on cardio at all. Um, I, I like to do strength and core and conditioning. But if you, you when you're in there, you're in there with the likes of um, say Sean Levy and Charlie Bishop, who probably be in there, and they're doing lots of cardio, sweating. Yeah, exactly. So they, yeah, yeah, do yeah. whatever you want to do, basically. And, and again, having like like again, you know, we all like to keep fit and do that. But having the 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 ability to to, to talk to professional trainers, you know, personal trainers and that, and have that accessibility to, to work on a, a specific program to suit your body is, is, is a massive, huge plus for, for any rider out there. And there's no excuse really that just to say, oh, I don't go to the gym because of my weight or whatever else, as in get down there, speak to someone and get a program sorted that's going to be catered to your needs. Exactly, do it. And even... Uh, and even like the likes of in the cosmos now, you got Connor Schumacher who started yeah. up. He'd, he'd know how to do it all. All these people, these young lads, and I, I can't really trust stones. I'm out of my glass house now, but two years ago, or I would have been like, oh, I'm there. Don't need the gym, grand, and 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 that worked for me. But really, really, I think it should be essential, and and um, there's no excuse, and and um, it, it it should be. Well, it can't be. It can't be. It can't be mandatory, obviously, because it would be too hard to police. But I think if, if any young lad these days has a, a real serious aspiration, uh, it won't stop them not going to the gym, obviously, but it will definitely, definitely help. Definitely help. Yeah, it was obviously um, it was obviously sod's law for you to get that injury sort of so so close after after racing uh, resumed, Aidan. Um, Charlie, was there was there a, a, an injury like that that you sustained that kind of springs to mind that was kind of one that maybe took you a bit of time to get over? Um, no, not not particularly, Don. I mean, I was, I was pretty lucky. I mean, I think the the, the worst one that I had to sort of for, for niggling for was a torn ACL once, mm. and and. Yes, you could carry on riding with it, but it, it, it was sort of a niggly thing that whenever you get a four, you tweak it again and again and again. Um, but, I mean, touch wood, I, I was fairly lucky. I, I mean, I broke my arm, collarbones and things like that. But most of the niggly stuff that I had, I could carry on with. I, I, I did my metatarsal one day and sort of rode with a, a stiff sole in my boot. And, and that was sore, but like not something to the extent of like what Aiden did with the shoulder and that, which, again, unfortunately... It doesn't matter how much you want to suck it up. You 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 can't operate with a a, a bust up shoulder and arm, you know. So yeah. a, a, a a lot of the ones that I had were were yeah broken injuries, but injuries that within a couple of weeks you were sort of able to drive on with it if, if you if you kept it to yourself and kept plowing on. Yeah. Which, which again was very much more the mentality of sort of the riders of Aiden and, and my generation, and and maybe again looking in hindsight, it's probably madness riding with a. a fractured collarbone or a broken metatarsal but like it was it was it was the way everyone did it then so you know you kind of sucked it up and got on with it because you thought all your peers would do the same so that's what I'll do and 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 I think times are changing because yeah there's no doubt again you just don't ride as well when you've got things like that niggling you and probably the answer is that it's almost counterproductive you think you're being tough and and showing everyone but you're probably not riding as well because you can't when you're at 100 percent yeah, that's true. You'll definitely get more falls as well. It's like a vicious circle. Yeah. And I think it kind of goes back to the, the break thing and you, as what you were saying, Charlie, about balance in life. I think forcing yourself to ride with those injuries and that goes back to racing is yeah, my massive. world and there's nothing outside of it. I have to ride. Um, and I think, it goes, I think it's all connected, isn't it? it without doubt. And, and I think 
more and more they are the authorities and riders themselves are trying to find a more of a healthy balance between obsession with your career progression and also having balance in your life which can be only better for you as a human being no, very yeah, well said. Exactly. Yeah, no, I think very well said. And obviously, like you say, jockeys, uh, yourself have, have both experienced it's a, it's a dangerous job. And uh, of course, you know, you all do it fantastically well. And, and obviously, you know, I, I certainly tip my hat to the, to the pair of you for doing what you do. I think it's absolutely fantastic and very, very brave. You've got more bravery than me, that's for sure. Um, I, I suppose in light of that kind of injury, um, Aidan, you know, one of obviously the, the, the positive bits of news to, to, to kind of almost see out of a, uh, of, of 2020 after the the, the torment of, uh, of the coronavirus was uh, obviously the uh, the the announcement that you were going to be retained rider for, for Ollie Murphy's yard at Warren Chase. Um, how, how much do you admire you know what he's built at, at such a young age, and, and how much do you enjoy being part of such a, a strong upcoming team? Yeah, look, it's really exciting place, and like he's still building. He's, uh, I haven't been back there now in the last couple of weeks, but there's a new. Olympic-sized menage gone in, uh, gone in actually, it just looks like it's finished, and there's a schooling strip, uh, you know, there's gallops, there's everything there, but then more importantly, what I was looking at, um, probably, to be fair to Ali, I've never, he's probably a little bit unlucky, when I, when I took the job, I was a little bit probably hungrier to ride everything, it was just at a different <laughs> stage, it was before I had this experiment, and now, since that, it, but it still works perfectly, since that, the emphasis to me is the quality of horses, and like Charlie would know because he's broke. I'd say all of them really. Charlie broke, broken, and got more yep. school, most ninety percent of them anyway. And the, the 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 depth of potential in the the younger stock is 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 crazy. Look, some of them are going to be disappointing. Uh, some of them are going to surprise us, and you just need that bit of luck that you know if they do have every all the credentials that they they say sound. It's, it's a real minefield. This um trying to unearth a, a star um but there's definitely some there they just need you know everything to go right um for it to happen yeah i think what what i'm saying is it's ollie also has, has built his sort of yard around youth with the with the horses they've invested heavily and with with numbers and expense in these young three unbroken three-year-olds that they bought almost all since they start, since Ollie started in his training career, and as Aidan will allude to, these horses that are being bought as three-year-olds for six-figure sums, they're not, they're not going to be there within sort of eighteen months. And I think we might have just. Uh... Lost Charlie there for a, a second. I think he was uh, making quite a valid point there, Aidan. Um, uh, I, I suppose just, just just while Charlie's away, um, just just one of these um, horses. Sorry, oh, sorry, we got we got you again. There he is. And yeah, so yeah, yeah, just yeah, going back. You know that they've got huge athletic ability. They have got pedigrees. They got size. They buy the right stallions and the right mares and. So they, they tick all the boxes, but, you know, they, they also need a lot of luck along the way to stay injury-free, to temperamentally stand up to the rigours of training and, to ha- yeah, to have luck in life, you know, that, that mm. the right things happen at the right time for them, like any human athlete. But you're only really going to see whether this is going to pay off probably in, in this season, Aid, as in the... Yeah, the I think this, initially. This, yeah, yeah, this season is the first test. This season is the first test. But even once, I think there's definitely a few there. Um, 
that, you know, they might not be stars, but you could definitely mm. see them win good Saturday handicaps and all that. You know, not going to um yeah, you know, big races that are like really worth winning. Um, and they're they're the ones that really they're the ones that they're the really important ones. It's like tears, man. You've got your lesser grade horses, you've got your younger horses, you've got your solid yard sticks, and then you've got your horses that you can run in five or six big handicaps on Saturdays in a year. And you know they're 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 nearly the bar the superstars, which are so rare. Those those other ones, they're nearly the best because you go there and you really look forward to riding them. You're usually the handicaps are worth more money than the graded races anyway. Yeah. Um, and they're you know they're they're the ones you get to, to to get really attached to because um you know you said like Welsh Nationals, Charlie, as you know, and all those big staying handicaps. I think there's a, definitely going to be a couple of them in there as well, which people kind of overlook, don't they? Without doubt, I mean, like you know, and, and like you say, with the money involved, like winning those big Saturday handicaps, weekend handicaps, that they're the ones that make a huge difference the way you finish up in the trainers' table because yeah. they offer so much money, and 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 because of the age of Ollie's squad, there's only a very few of them really at that level of age to be running in or to be thinking about. Certainly, the Welsh nationals and things like that, which are yeah, I, don't, I think for, it's even yeah. next year. I don't even yeah, think that exactly. this year, Charlie, is it really because they're chasers, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, they're, they're sort of normally sort of slightly gnarly, hardened campaigners that are going down the route of those sort of races. And yeah, Ollie, as Aidan says, is probably even still a year away from having that spread across the board because, of course, that's what happens, Dom, is, is when they buy them as unbroken three year olds, it takes time to filter through that you end up having full divisions of. Your, your your bumper horses, which are the horses we're sort of breaking in now, potentially, yeah. and then your novice hurdlers, your handicap hurdlers, your novice chasers, your handicap chasers. So when you think that it takes almost a year for each one of those to drift through, mm. it takes a long time to build that spread when you've done it the way Ollie has, investing in young talent from the get go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a patience game, and then in saying that, then people will be like, "Oh, yeah, where'd that horse go?" and all this, you know, mm. the cynics of racing, but they're thinking like, they'll come. They will, yeah. Um, exactly. They'll come. It'll be in, uh, this year, and then even next year, and probably even the year after for 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 a lot of the ones. And and um, the Charlie knows those horses better than anyone, and and, and he, he's broken so many. I'm sure he knows. He, but there's always some as well, Charlie, that surprise you, isn't there? There's some that you broke. Huge. It was a nice horse. Yeah, grand. Is everything fine? But you know, no, nothing flashy. Um, well, without uh, without being rude, um, like Go Dante would be a case in point. A lovely horse to break in. Typical Cape Tara temperament, good to be around, but like he 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 didn't have like wow factor to break in, and yet you know, I mean, he was going to be, I'm going to mention yeah. him in a bit actually, so don't yeah. take him, don't take him <laughs> off. Me. Yeah, well, well I'll, I'll say no more, but yeah, I mean, he was certainly a horse that you you'd you'd enjoy and had quality, but to to go and do what he did initially, and and then sort of have everyone talk about him the way they were. I'm not saying it was like a huge surprise, but it certainly wasn't like a given that some a horse like him would go on to do what he has. You know? And I bet, I bet Copperless would have been the exact same, wouldn't he? Yeah, hugely. And I mean, to see Copperless like run in a Swinton and show like the toe he had and to travel through the race, like with with the greatest respect to Copperless, when he was with us, he was he was a pretty laid back dude of a horse that just kind of got on with his job, and and then through training and physical development, he he's furnished and. And, and developed almost tactical speed and, and all that that's come with it. I mean, you don't see many horses win handicaps at the Swinton like he did going round on, you know, on rails yeah, and, and on the bridle and, and absolutely route them. And yes, you can say he was off a favourable mark, but 
He'd have won with a stone more on his back. That oh, time, he, he won. So. He, the reason he actually doesn't do a lot. Wait, does he? He's, he's 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 only his fourth run over hurdles now. He's mm. coming down the back of a fall. Um, yeah, really inexperienced. Um, he and he got there too soon because you know they're running and head off. Yeah, is is an app set trap. Like you do not want to be in front ideally there until halfway up the run, and never mind going to the last. But the reason he got there was because he was going so well the whole way, which is unheard of. Used, well, not, it, you know, which is very rare in a in a competitive handicap. Mm, um, very very rare, and he's got he's got a, a magnificent jump pedigree, but. Willie Mullins would have ran him in the flat this summer, wouldn't he? <laughs> yeah, without doubt. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Which we have no interest in. No. <laughs> well, I, I'm glad you brought Coppolis up because he was he was a horse that I, that I certainly wanted to talk to you about. Um, I think we obviously saw his, his potential at Adrian, didn't we? When he, when he came there tanking and, and it looked like he was gonna he was gonna hose up there, of, of course, before falling two out. Um, Ollie said that he he did want to send him originally to Galway before obviously changing his mind, um, but he, he thinks that the Greatwood uh, uh, Cheltenham in the November meeting could be uh, his most likely destination. Uh, Aidan, I suppose, do you think? This is going to give you an idea of where he fits in a in a very very deep you know graded two mile division. Yeah, look, this is it's it, 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 it's um, look, Copperless could be anywhere this time next year. He won't be down a level. He could be running in another Swinton off at top mark, and and uh, Lewis might get a chance to claim off him again if you know what I mean. But he also could be there after running in the in uh, a champion hurdle, and he really could. You know, I won a handicap hurdle on Epiton before she went on and did that. He's got all of that potential, and um, now he, as you say, just goes to show. Even though he's after winning a hundred grand race, he still needs to go and prove himself again at the next level, and uh, and then hopefully gets the luck to do it. Yeah, no, very, very much looking forward to seeing him uh, make his reappearance. It's just uh, it's it's wetting the appetite, isn't it? Obviously, all this kind of talk of Cheltenham returning uh, with with crowds back, it's going to be fantastic. Um, Aidan, I, I suppose as well, it, it would be rude not you know to have you on and, and not talk about Paisley Park. Um, obviously, we'll, we'll just move away from, from Warwick Chase for the time being. Uh, racing fans are going to be you know very keen to to, to see where he, he appears next. Would, would you say that it'd be the the long distance at Newbury as normal? Uh, it'd be something like that. His his calendar is pretty um, set, you know. So we'll never know. Um, look, it's going to be. He's got a bit older. Um, look, entry was a write off, uh, obviously. But at the same time, you have to be very worried about Tyne Hill, don't you? He, he, I love that horse actually. Just shame he's in the same division as Paisley, but he's probably one of my favourite horses in training. That I that I'll never ride, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and he's going to be very very hard to beat, isn't he? Simple. Yeah, simple. Yeah, he won very well simple. at Adrian, didn't he? And uh, yeah, but but obviously, you know, talk staying on Paisley Park, Charlie. You know that 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 twenty eighteen nineteen season where you know in the in the state hurdle at Cheltenham, you know, beating the likes of Forheen, Yanworth, Super Sunday, Holstone, you know, all these you know legendary horses. You know, that, that was probably the season that really cemented Paisley Park's you know position as a as a real staying great over three miles but over hurdles. Yeah, well, I mean, of course. I mean, like he, he had a season to sort of uh you know end all seasons didn't he that that year i mean he, he, he i mean it's, again it's funny because going back to the tom school conversation where we spoke, spoke about fistle crack and and you, you know that when he went through that year like he did and, and and then started the next year in similar vein you thought he was going to be 
a horse that was just going to dominate for, for years to come. And, and it does just show how difficult it is. But, I mean, Paisley Park is, is a hugely talented horse. I mean, he's been a, a fantastic horse for Aiden in his career. And, and with the backstory to him, with, with Andrew Gemmell and everything like that, he, he's a horse that everyone ends up rooting for, don't they? As in, uh, and But from a, I suppose from a punditry point, he's always difficult to work out because you never quite know where he's going. And, and then he almost seems to need to be under pressure in his race at some point. And then he has that fantastic sort of after kick with the, when, it, when, it, when, when he's on song. But yeah, special horse. And, 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 and like I say, a horse that's really captured the public's imagination. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Obviously, um, God, God bless uh, Tom Bellamy, who obviously is now a retained rider for NFL, <laughs> but he'll have to be um, walking past uh, Paisley Park on a daily basis. He won't be able to look at him, though, will he, Aidan? No, no, he won't. But you never know in this game, jump, jump racing, you never know. So he, he's, he's, uh, he's, in a, he's in a good position. If he, gets the, if he gets the leg up, there'll be less pressure um, at some stage because jump racing, you never know it's around the corner. But... Um, yeah, like look, I'm convinced Paisley would have won this year's stairs hurdle on slower ground. Um, um, I thought he did really well to finish where he did. If the ground is genuine, probably just fractionally slow side up to it. And on the Thursday at Cheltenham this year, I, if it was a bit slower, um, he would have won that, that stairs hurdle. He couldn't get into it, um, mm-hmm. simple as. So he's a little bit unlucky in that respect, but you, you can't really call it a horse like Paisley Park unlucky. We have to be very thankful for what we've had with him. and. Hopefully the journey is still going, but um, um, yeah, he's been he's been fantastic. He's been fantastic. Yeah, but of course you, you you've obviously had the the pleasure of, of of sitting on many great horses. You know, put the catalons. Obviously, a, a partner of yours. Um, the the, the, the partnership, the, the the whole racing community. You know, adore and and you've sat on Native River, Champ, Epiton. But uh, I would imagine that that Paisley Park and that association you have with him is is probably just something that is 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 very very hard to to kind of get away from. Yeah, like he was the first one that was mine. Like uh, the school mentioned, the Tisselcrack ride was mine, and I got off him. <laughs> he actually didn't know. To be fair, no, no I rode Tisselcrack in a oh, what was it called? The Good Handicap Hurdle Standard Imperial Cup. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as a novice, and it just happened way too fast for him. Uh, and then he went to entry for the Grade One. I was jocked up on a master item, and then Emma actually asked me to ride another one. Right, and I rode Emma's. Uh, who ended up being absolutely no good. He ended up being a summer jumper. Um, and Skew obviously won on Tisselcrack. Um, and that was that. That was the start of that journey. And also then the following year, uh, they asked me to write cue card. Huh. And I accepted it. And I wrote him a Punchestown, Punchestown goal. It was Daryl's year, the year Daryl was on. At the end, they kind of said Daryl wasn't for him anymore. And then I asked me to write him. And I said, yes. Uh, and uh, Ronald Punchestown ran really well. He was third in the Punchestown Gold Cup to Don Cossack. Mm-hmm. And then he got his chef's epi glasses started. But in the meantime, I got offered the dream job of John Ferguson. So I had to ring Colin Tizard and tell him I can't commit the cue card. Uh, <laughs> and then he won the next, he won that day. What's he win the the bet fair, the King George, yeah. everything that year, and I, and this is me without having a Grade One winner at the time. So I'm thinking like I keep giving, I don't deserve one if I keep giving them away. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, like yeah, down, that's but... all experience. You know, if you can handle them things, um, those disappointments, you know, you, you just kind of you know get on with it, and you know what fire you want past you. Of course, exactly. Um, 
And obviously, it would have been uh, well worth it in the end, of course. Um, Aidan, obviously, just to finish, um, a, a horse to watch out for um, next season? Uh, I'm going to say Godante. I know Charlie brought him up earlier, but like he, the main reason, um, well, obviously, look, he's always worked well. And, he's, and Charlie said just a real nice, kind, athletic horse that doesn't do anything um, you know that you know uh, he probably he probably has he's probably doing a bit more out of the ordinary now, Charlie, than probably when you were breaking the middle. Yeah, but, I'm sure. But, yeah, yeah. But but when you put a jump in front of him, when you ride, I've schooled him outside now. But I've schooled him around the ring down at Ollie's before he jumps the circus. You know this this is before he ever ran. And, you know he this, this you know just out of this world, mm. out of this world. Just and you probably you well you start you jumped his first ever obstacle, Charlie. I'd imagine he was probably similar when yeah, you schooled him, wasn't he? Just very straightforward, like you know, I'd like to say had a lovely athletic way about him, and a, and a temperament to match. And yeah. again, I think that's so important in 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 any of these equine stars. It's so much easier when they've got that sort of same temperament. And 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 it was actually something that Aidan O'Brien alluded to yesterday. That the temperament is such a key. It's a, such a key element to a horse as well. And and, and Godanze possesses the most. Well, he I would imagine the most sort of rock solid, big game temperament. You know. Yeah, 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 exactly. I think there's another one there called Washington, Charlie. Have you had a lot to do with him? Yeah, we brought um, him in as well. Yeah. I mean, a, a Westerner. I mean, I'm actually going to chuck another Westerner at you in bombs away as well. That, that oh, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Who, who again, I actually yeah. thought was the sort of the Westerners can be funny horses as in that they, they, there's no doubt they're very good racehorses, but they don't always have like loads of like physical quality they can be slightly shouldery and and slightly scratchy old movers whereas mm-hmm. bombs away had just he had I, i'd say he's the most the what the, the western that we've had through here with the with the most quality of of any of them he was a beautiful mover big scopy horse and and again washington was he was a slightly not quite as big a athlete but a real sort of hardy horse with it with yeah. a mentality that i he, he, he always felt to me like he had a mentality like he galloped for a brick wall for you, you know he wanted yeah it, yeah yeah He's just kind of more one of the under the radar ones. Yeah, he probably wouldn't be as physical, the physical specimen of a bombs away or a, a Godante or a lot more of the others. But you know, he's two from two, and and yeah, um, I think he won his first bump away about twenty lengths, mm. which wouldn't have been a great bump, but just the way he did it, and then to win under a penalty. Um, you and know, I'd say he enjoyed the yeah. jumping as well. I mean, he always seemed like a sort of horse that would be that that relish jumping a hurdle. Well. Yeah, he's, you say he's one of them Westerners. Yeah, Westerners are funny, funny individuals, aren't they? And yeah. he's just one of them that like you just get him in there, get on with his job, and leave the school and ground and go eat his food, basically. You know, without no fuss, basically. Exactly. Yeah. And again, like with good knowledge, we we can throw Doctor Ken in the mix. You know, I mean, oh, they're, yeah. they're, 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 yeah. they're, they're 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 it's an exciting period for the for the for Braid yeah, and yeah, the yeah. Yard and, and all their team because there are an, an an abundance of these young horses that they're in the sort of could be anything category and like Aiden says, plenty of them will probably not end up reaching those heady heights, but it would be no surprise if one or two of them mark themselves out as very much above average in the coming season. Yeah, yeah. I can see a few years time Ali having um, obviously, the quality you hope is very, very unlucky not for it to happen. I think it's there, it's there, just whether it works out. But I think you could see him having big, big, solid winners every Saturday. Yeah. Um, you know, and those, and those, you know, those, ask, you know, those Ascot handicaps and Haydock ones and all that. I think, mm-hmm. I think there's going to be abundance of them definitely coming through. I'm nearly sure of that because even if some of these horses don't, you know, maybe let us down a little bit and don't, wouldn't be as good as they say, they're definitely not as bad as not up to winning them races, if you know what I mean. Completely, I do. Yeah. yeah.
exciting times. Um, obviously, yeah, go Dante, Washington bombs away. Dr. Ken, uh, obviously all broken in by Charlie, all trained at Warren Chase by Ollie Murphy. And I'm sure Aidan, you'll be riding them all uh, over over hurdles at some point this season. So, Well, more importantly, when they come from Charlie's, um, they jump. <laughs> and, and they jump really, really well. So we're having yeah. a big school in the morning. And we usually, to be fair, usually the horses have been to Charlie's, so there's not many that haven't. But as long as... Um, if there's six or seven of us going into the ring, as long as I'm on one of that's been to Charlie's, I just get up towards the front because I know I'll go around and I'm going no traffic in front of me and um and it's a pleasure. So so yeah, no, as long as they've been to Charlie's, I'm happy to ride them straight in the race, to be honest. It won't be. Stop, a, man. I appreciate that. It won't be as much of a shock when obviously they see the hurdle on the track, then, of course, which is always uh, always great news in jumps racing. Um, Jeds, uh, that's it for the show. Um, Aidan, we really, really appreciate your time. Um, uh, obviously, glad that you've enjoyed your break. Uh, best of luck uh, for the return of jumps racing and, and for the season upcoming. And uh, Charlie, we'll catch up with you again next week. Thanks, folks. Great. Cheers, Thanks, Aidan. Thanks, Aidan. Bye bye.